Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. I am joined here. He is making a return. It's the Fantasy Fro. How are you today, Fro? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be back. You know, I just had to take care of a few things last week, but I am excited and there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there has been. Last week I was joined by Steven. He's part of our We Know Fantasy crew. But of course, as always, I'm back here with the Fro. Uh, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Fro, where do the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. Before we get into things, Fro, how how are you doing in your uh, leagues this year? Are you doing all right? You in the middle of the pack? How's it going, man? Yeah, so uh, it's funny you ask because I'm in five leagues this year, including your Super League. And uh, that's actually probably my worst league. I just had a had some bad, bad luck. I thought I was excited when Le'Veon Bell fell to me at I believe I want to say it was 11, and then I ended up not being too much with Sam Darnold getting hurt. And of course, I had Tyreek Hill, and uh, that league is just an entire mess. But, you know, I actually started slow in all my leagues. I actually lost every single league week one, but I did not panic, and I'm actually, now I'm 2-1 and one in most of those leagues, so it's really not how you start, it's how you finish. Yeah, you're always going to have those down weeks, and injuries are going to play, uh, play a part in it, but just keep plugging along. Um before we hop into things as well, we still have slots open on our premium service, uh, premium services for both of us. It includes premium contact, exclusive contact, direct lines of contact, things of that nature. Uh, you know, you guaranteed your questions answered, things like that. So if you're interested in that, it costs some money, but hit us up on our social medias to get involved with that. Um, for additional fantasy football information and content, you can visit our website, we knowfancy.com. On there, you can find articles such as uh, Mike's Locking Key. Cody's player rankings, my B team, Steven does a buy low, sell high series. We also have Megan or, or Meg and uh, Brian doing breaking news content, things of that nature. The fro will be on there once in a while as well. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, some, some extra content uh, between these podcasts, go check it out. Uh, remember every Monday I come out with a waiver wire wishlist podcast that uh, podcast drops around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mondays as well. And on there I highlight the must ads for the week on the waiver wire. Something new that will be coming out here is the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast. Of those great people I just listed off, uh, each week we're going to have two or, or maybe three of those people on a podcast that is, you know, you won't be hearing myself or the Fro's voice, which is a little bit weird on this channel because I think <laughs> every podcast you listen to is either one of us too. So uh, this will just be a, a different way to get some more information, different takes, different uh, topics, things of that nature. So look forward to that in the future. That should be kicking off next week. But... Let's kick into things. You ready for this, bro? Let's do it. All right. Today we're going to talk about Patriots fantasy player values. Some things are happening there in New England. Uh, we'll talk about bad trades, uh, backup quarterbacks, and of course we'll end with our must-play players of the week as we do every podcast. Before we kick off that, though, uh, before we kicked off or before we started this show, Melvin Gordon, uh, there was breaking news that he will report tomorrow. He will will officially be with the Los Angeles Chargers, but he will not play against the Dolphins. So the question remains, what do you do with Austin Eckler? He's a must-play this week, of course, but moving forward, what do you do with him, Fro? Oh, he's absolutely fine. He's, you know, Austin Eckler, even when Melvin Gordon has been playing, normally when Melvin Gordon was healthy and Eckler was the, the second running back, he's done great. He's always done great. I actually, when I wrote the draft guide, I, I wrote it with the intent that Melvin Gordon was going to be there, and I had uh, Austin Eckler as my my top mid-round mid-round steal and actually well I guess he was a deep round steal until his ADP got got jacked up from Melvin Gordon news but 
I mean, Austin Eckler, I've been high on him, especially in PPR leagues. His floor is so high, and now his ceiling is high now that Melvin Gordon's not there and he's really reaching his peak. And I think Melvin Gordon came back because he didn't want to see what happened to Le'Veon Bell when James Conner, you know, kind of killed Le'Veon Bell's stock and going to another team. He didn't want to lose any more money. So it's very likely we could see this closer to a 50-50 touch because, you know, Austin Eckler is the third best fantasy running back right now. And I guarantee you he's not going to lose a lot of touches any, just because Melvin Gordon's back. Yeah, Austin Eckler is definitely the quarter or the running back of the future there. Are you afraid that, say, they may run Melvin Gordon into the ground knowing that he won't be there next yet, next year, you know, use him and, and say, stash Austin Eckler so they don't put the mileage on those legs? No, that's absolutely not going to happen. I mean, they're going to be more involved. I mean, in the past, it looked like, you know, Melvin Gordon, 70%, and then Austin Eckler, 25%. But I just, I don't think it's going to be like that. It's going to be closer to 50-50, maybe 60-40 with a little bit of Justin Jackson in there a little bit. But, you know, Austin Eckler, he's still going to be really good. And, you know, Melvin Gordon, we don't even know what kind of shape he's in. We haven't heard anything about his, his you know, exercise. You know, he's not like <clears throat> he's not like Le'Veon Bell or Zeke when they were holding down. They posted all their their videos of them working out, so we knew they were working out. But, I mean, I'm if you want to go out and try to buy Austin Eckler low, I would definitely do that. There's going to be some owners that are going to get scared, and they're going to just try to toss him. Yeah, and I keep getting constant, uh, you know, questions about trading from Melvin Gordon, but we'll get into that later when we talk about bad trades. So let's move on forward here. That's the uh, Melvin Gordon news, breaking news of the week. Uh, let's talk to, on this New England Patriots situation. Uh, James Devlin is on, on the IR, and he's, you know, arguably the best fullback in the league. Uh, he's a crucial part of the Patriots. He's a crucial part of that run, uh, running offense. And I, I guess the question remains, what does this mean for the Patriots, Fro? Yeah, so James Devlin, you know, we don't really talk about fullbacks in the NFL anymore. It's really, it's a dying breed, it's a dying position. But of course, the Patriots are going to do things their way. But the Patriots love to run the ball. We saw Sony Michelle do well last year, especially the second half of the season. But without James Devlin, who is a a Pro Bowl fullback, that's going to really change the way that the Patriots kind of pursue the season. And I think they're kind of finding their, their stride still as scary as that sounds because that team hasn't really looked like they've been finding them themselves. But, you know, Antonio Brown came in and, you know, George, Josh Gordon came in not, not that long before the season even started. And now they have this injury. And, you know, I think this is kind of like they're playing the bills this week, but it's actually a very tough matchup. But as soon as they, they get over the bills, they're playing the Redskins, the giants, the jets all in the row, all with bottom bottom-tier defenses. So I really think that the Patriots are going to find themselves throwing the ball a lot more. Dorsett is getting a lot of respect and a lot of trust from Tom Brady. We're going to see guys like James White getting involved in the pass game a lot more. And, of course, Edelman and Josh Gordon are going to do well. And I think they all of those guys who can catch the ball are going to have – their value is going to increase without Devlin there. Yeah, so I think – I think uh, what we're getting to is here. You can say that you know these these names, James White, and of course Rex Burkhead is 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 killing it this year. And it's it's always the it's always the New England running back you don't think about when it comes to fantasy value. But that's neither here nor there. Um, like I said, Philip Dorsett's getting a lot of respect. Three touchdowns already this season. You know he's killing it. Uh, this is you know he's back to like wide receiver two to wide receiver three status with Josh Gordon, Joel Emmon there. But I guess we can agree on here that with this helping the passing game. It's going to take away from the running game, and that is 
pretty much solely Sony Michelle because these other guys, James White, Rex Burkhead, yes, they carry the ball. Yes, they get rushing attempts, but they're mainly there for their pass catching abilities. More so James White than, say, Rex Burkhead. But without James Devlin there, Sony Michelle's taking a hit. He's already struggling this season. I know he has he has a you know 45 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns. Those touchdowns are really helping. You know, those are, you know, not like staggering touchdowns. He's not busting 50 yards for these. He's he's on the goal line rushing these in. But he has 20.8 fantasy points right now. I'm fading Michelle for the foreseeable future with this news. Even before this news, I was fading him. Um, I, I you're in the same boat, aren't you, Fro? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Sony Michelle is so touchdown dependent, and we thought we'd see a lot more. He did well last week. I saw a couple. Was it one or two touchdowns last week? But it's just it's Sony Michelle is so frustrating. You can unless they're going to get into a game where they get a huge lead, you know, it's not going to happen anymore because you know James Devlin was that lead guy. He was the guy throwing those blocks to get Sony you know into the end zone easily. Yeah. So. It, it- it's something to think about because Sonny Michelle is a name that a lot of people were high on going this year because he had a great rookie year last year with the Patriots. But it's something to think about. He used to be like a you know plug into your flex, plug in your RB two guaranteed. But think with this moving forward, uh, even two names on this on this we just talked about Rex Burkhead and Philip uh, Dorsett were two of the must adds in my waiver wire wish list this week. Pretty much one and two. Um, so. Like DeFro said, like I said, uh, invest in these guys. They're going to get a lot more targets. You know, Tom Brady, the ageless wonder, is going to be throwing the ball some more. And they have a pretty favorable schedule, like DeFro said, moving forward. So uh, trust in your New England guys. We're fading Michelle. Uh, but that's that's uh, what's happening there in New England. So something that the Fro and I keep seeing, you know, pretty often throughout the week is people always like to, you know, send their trade offers to us and get our opinions on them. It feels like, you know, you know, of course, before the season, everyone's, you know, trying to, you know, scam the person, you know, the new bay and get all these good trades, whatever. But week one and two, pretty fair trades. But I feel like this week it's been so bad. And I've been seeing so many lopsided trades. People are like, should I take this? Should I take this? And they're, they're, they're visibly poor. Are you getting the same thing for? Yeah. And it's not even just this week for me. I mean, maybe, maybe you've had some more luck with some, you know, less, less crazy trade offers coming to your DMs, but it's just been nonstop all season. And I did tweet about this last week. I said, you know, the best way to win a fantasy is less is more. You don't want to blow up your entire team to trade three or four players away for three or four other players. When you draft, you prepare to draft your team a certain way. If you drafted the correct way, which if you would have bought our draft guide, you would know the correct way to draft. And you draft those guys a specific way and you build your roster around the top tier players. Yes, there are injuries and yes, there are bye weeks and yes, there are suspensions and players returning from injuries and suspensions. And that's all part of it. But we're getting trades like, should I trade Saquon Barkley, Adam Thielen, A.J. Green and David Johnson and receive Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram and Amari Cooper? Like, why are you trading away three or four guys on your team that make that will score 70% of your points. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You need to take it back, trade one for one, maybe two for one, or no more than two for two. Make some small trades, make some do some buy low trades. But if you're serious about fantasy football and you're you know you're in a money league and you want to win, then yes, you need to make small smart trades but if you're doing it for fun then it's okay to do big trades but i'm here for for serious fantasy football i know nate's here for serious fantasy football there's people paying us for our professional advice and trades need to just take a step back 
Yeah, the fro said everything I needed to say about this. Um, if if you play in a league with me, I barely do trades. It's you know I mainly you know the waiver wire guy. I draft the way I want to draft. I build a team the way I want to build a team. I use a waiver wire to execute that. But like the fro said, you do your small trades here or there. There's no way I'm going to trade off. You know I got a ton of Devonte Adam questions. Should I panic? Should I sell this guy? We're week we're we're three weeks deep. We're not on a fourth way through the season yet. Don't panic. There's no need to panic. I don't know why everyone, you know, they see, you know, Devontae Adams, who was one of the best receivers in the league, or, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell had a bad week last week, even though he leads the league in, in total chances. They're trying to sell low on him. And these things are cool if you're, if you're like, like the folks said, you're, you're trying to buy low on these guys or, or things of that nature. But if you're just trying to, you know, oh, oh, uh, Devontae Adams has only scored 17 points for me. What should I do? Should I trade him for, you know, like AJ Green or should I trade him for Tyler Boyd? Calm down. You drafted this man in the first round, and Tyler Boyd's going to the third or fourth. Why are you trying to panic this much and and, and jump ship? Don't jump ship. There's no need to overreact. We talked about this in week one. We're here in week three. Don't overreact. Like like the folks said, you built this team the way you wanted to build. You drafted this team the way you dra- wanted to draft it. There's no need to trade your your first third and round, first second and third round pick to get a second, third or fourth from another player. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Check out your waiver wire before you do anything and then make small trades to, you know, execute that flex position or you have a buy that you need to get an RB2 for that you can't find a guy on a, on a, you know, the waiver wire. You know, you're, you're deep at wide receiver because you have injuries at running back. So you trade one of your low end wide receivers for another, say, low end running back. So you make that swap. So you have a safety net. You have someone to plug in there. So everyone, let's calm down. No need to overreact. And let's, uh, you know, make some smart moves here, make some smart trades, play that waiver wire, and let's move on. Enough of uh, these, you know, huge blockbuster trades that keep flooding my DMs. Let's do it. All right. That's what needed to be said. Yeah, we just went off there. Both of us kind of went off there. But, you know, know, it it, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, we're passionate about what we do. We're passionate about passionate about fantasy football so we had to get that off our chest so let's move on to some more uh you know informational based stuff here with our with our uh podcast here what's happened to you know this seems to be the year of backup quarterbacks um you know we last week we had what seven or eight backup quarterbacks taking the field in, in just week three but um i have let's see five here that are you know the most crucial when it comes to fantasy football results or you know fantasy football value we'll go over a few of these guys see if they're you know for real if you can trust in these guys if you can trust in the team you can trust in the people around them to uh you know still produce uh with the backup players here so let's start off with you know the most you know popular guy the, the you know the most uh you know he's in, he's in the biggest spotlight here and that's you know danny dimes danny jones there and or uh, in New York, he uh, went off last week, twenty-three for thirty-six or three hundred and thirty-six yards and two scores against Tampa Bay. Has Washington this week? Um, do you do you see this as a success? Or do you see this as you know the team finally got their rookie and they rallied around the guy and uh, you know went off against Tampa Bay, which I believe is a, is actually a I want to say yeah, a talented defense, but Todd Bowles is a defensive mastermind that can make that team look competent as he did the first two weeks of the season. But uh, uh, Fro is is Danny Jones uh, for real? Can you trust this guy? Can you trust the New York Giants? You know, even without uh, Saquon Barkley for the next four to six weeks, say you know Golden Tate's coming back and uh, you know Wayne Gallman's there and um, Sterling Shepard. Can you trust these guys? Yeah. So now that Eli's finally gone and Daniel Jones, he he lit up he lit up the NFL in the preseason and it you know it, it looked legit. Every single game he played, he looked really good. 
connecting to these players. You know, it, it just seemed like it was meant to be. I actually targeted him in our, our uh, dynasty draft, but I missed on him. But uh, Daniel Jones, he's the truth. He actually – he's such an underrated rusher at Duke. He actually rushed, rushed for over 1,300 yards and 17 rushing touchdowns. So nobody really thinks of Daniel Jones like that, but that just gives him that much higher of a floor. And, I mean, the Giants aren't – aren't you know, when now Saquon's gone, he could even be the leading rusher on that team because we don't really know what Goldman's going to do. We really just don't know what's going to happen there. He's obviously not Saquon, but Daniel Jones, he is, he's legit. And I would, I actually tried to get him in a couple leagues. I snagged him in our super flex league. Cause I needed, I need a guy with a high floor and a high ceiling. I think Daniel Jones is going to do well and, and they're getting healthy and Golden Tate's come back soon. So he's definitely, a, you know, a quarterback that I am targeting on the waivers. Yeah, uh, I believe in him as well. So it's exciting to see what's going to happen there in New York. But here's a guy I'm high on. I was high on him last week. You know, I played him in DFS and things of that nature. Kyle Allen of the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton is out. Uh, I think news broke that Cam Newton isn't going to play this week, or he might be out for the foreseeable future with it with a with you know a more serious foot injury than he uh, originally thought. But last week against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Allen on the road went 19 for 26 for 261 yards, four touchdowns. He played well last year when he had to go in for uh, Cam Newton there later in the season as well. This is a very talented Carolina Panthers team. Uh, they have a very talented receiving core, even if you don't believe that. DJ, you know, DJ Moore, Greg Olson still doing Greg Olson things, and you know, Curtis Samuel there with, of course, Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Uh, I I believe Kyle Allen is probably one of the best, if not the best, backup quarterbacks in the league. I don't know what you think about that. He's going to Houston this week, taking on the Texans. I think he's going to put up some quality numbers again. Uh, so if you're, you know, I was fading Curtis Samuel a little bit because, the, you know, the deep ball really isn't there. And, then, you know, that's kind of Curtis Samuel's forte there. But, uh, I, no, if you're a DJ Moore owner, don't panic. Greg Olson owner, don't panic. Of course, CMC, you can't panic as an owner there. Yep, I like Kyle Allen. There's a reason he was the backup there. And, you know, Cam Newton's just not healthy. He's not that great of a passer as it is. He's kind of lived based on his running and athletic ability. And that's not there anymore. And he's not getting any younger. And Kyle Allen's arm's a lot better. And this offense has a lot of elite players. So as long as he keeps doing well and he keeps winning, Cam, Cam's career could be over in Carolina. Here's a, uh, you know, when you talk about best backup quarterbacks, this is a guy you have to talk about because he's the most, he's the highest paid backup quarterback. And it's Teddy Bridgewater. I struggle to say this man's name. Teddy Bridgewater down in New Orleans went to play Seattle last week. Pretty underwhelming. 19 for 27, 177 yards and two touchdowns. Take on a talented defense or a ta- yeah, ta- talented defense this week as the Dallas Cowboys come to town. Um, he did not look good last week and he looked even worse when he had to go in, uh, you know, when Drew Brees went down in that game two weeks ago. Uh, you know, he has all the weapons in the world there. There's too much weapons there. But he's just limited in what he can do. He doesn't have a deep ball. He has, a, you know, a pretty inconsistent accuracy. But, you know, you have your Alvin Kamara. You trust in Kamara because he's going to get his touches. Um, Michael Thomas over the middle, short passes. He makes things happen after the catch. You can believe in him. But anyone else... I'm fading pretty much everyone else on that team. Are you with me there, Fro? Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is not really too much of a fancy quarterback that I would recommend. He's just not that great. He's obviously not Drew Brees. And, you know, they have Alvin Kamara, who actually went off last week. And I think they're going to rely on Kamara a lot more. And they have Latavius Murray. So I think they're going to rely on 
the uh, the two running backs to have. And Sean Payton is such a smart coach, and he knows he's not gonna he's not gonna put Teddy Bridgewater into a situation where he's gonna lose games. He's gonna he's gonna make him a game manager. He's gonna play it smart and you know run the ball a lot, do some short passes, but he's not gonna put up fantasy value. Yep, exactly what I said. Uh, here's a guy that kind of took the you know pretty much the internet by storm. That's Gardner Minshaw of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Through three games, I guess it's more like two and a half. He's 65 for 88, 692 yards, five touchdowns, and just one interception. He's going to Denver to take on the Broncos this week. The only thing that's happening there is Leonard Fournette still can't run the ball for some reason. Uh, everyone thought D.D. Westbrook's going to be a fantasy gen this year. That's out of the question. D.J. Shark somehow came out of nowhere. I love D.J. Shark. I had a first-round value, value on him at last year out of LSU. Love the kid. Very quality football player, and he's proven this. He has he's his great he has this great connection with Minshaw, and uh, he has you know he's put up great uh, fancy numbers, and uh, I don't think there's much else to say about that, is there, Fro? I mean, Gardner Minshew is awesome. He, I mean, if it sucks that Nick Foles went down, but if it has to be him, Gardner Minshew, he was fun <laughs> to watch at Washington State, and of course their head coach was wild. And always staying up late watching his Pac-12 games was fun, and that dude was such a gunslinger and. I mean, Chark is the guy. He is the guy to own. I mean, Denver's a little bit, a little difficult this week, but that's a nice connection there. That, that offense is going to be just fine. I think Fournette just kind of needs to find his footing. And the last guy we'll talk about here is Mason Rudolph, Pittsburgh Steelers. Had a rough first game, you know, playing that 49ers defense, which is coming out of nowhere to become quality. 14 for 27, 174 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. He has the Bengals this week in a game that I project to be pretty sloppy there in Pittsburgh. Uh, um, we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense later in this podcast, but, uh, are you with me? Mason Rudolph is pretty much killing this, you know, before that big Ben has been doing nothing and that Pittsburgh offense is in shambles right now, you know, talent left and right here or there. But I think Mason Rudolph even takes this, you know, offense and takes another step back. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, even when Ben was, was in the first game and a half, I guess first game and a quarter he uh he it just didn't look right the whole offense was off without Antonio Brown and obviously Le'Veon Bell was at a whole a whole year ahead of time but James Conner can't seem to get anything going but this week they do have Cincinnati whose defense is not that great you know they're they're actually about middle of the pack in the points they allow for quarterbacks but they allow some of like almost the most points to running backs so I think James Conner kind of gets it going here if he if James Conner busts this week then Jalen Samuel is the guy but you know, Mason Rudolph, other than a dynasty league, I really can't justify grabbing him. Yeah, and Jaden Samuel was, you know, two weeks ago in the waiver wire wish plus he was my, you know, grab and stash type of player that could pay off for you later in the season. So uh, that's, you know, how the backup quarterback situation is not only, you know, uh, affecting if you were to grab one of those guys in, say, fantasy football, but their team as a whole. So uh, before we end this podcast, let's talk about our must-start players as we do every single Wednesday to end our, our, our podcast for the week ahead. Um, you know, I usually start. So let's start with, uh, let's start with you, Fro. All right. We'll save the best for first. <laughs> so, uh, my start, I'm only going to give you three this week. And then I like okay. to, uh, I like to work. I like to wait a little bit, kind of get my, my bearings for the last two, but case Keenum was when I went with earlier before the, uh, I found out he has a foot injury and he's in a walking boot, but he's still expected to play. But Case Keenum has a sweet matchup. If you're looking for a quarterback, you know, maybe you have Garoppolo who's on a bye. You know, he's just he has a great situation. The Giants have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, which is just over 31 points. 
and Keenum is averaging over 40 pass attempts per game. That's a lot of passing attempts. They just they find themselves behind, you know, a lot of games. And this game could actually be pretty high scoring. It's actually the projected to be the third highest um, total game. It opened up at 47 points, and now it's, it's been pushed up to 49 total points. So this game could potentially be the highest scoring game of the week if it can goes back and forth between two really bad defenses and, and two gunslinging quarterbacks. And I really like Case Keenum this week. All right, I'll stay in the same track. I'll go quarterback here as well because I go quarterback. I fill out you know, a, a roster here, but uh, my quarterback this week must start Jared Goff. I know he's like a high percentage owned player, but currently this season he's behind names in fantasy football points such as Case Keenum, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew, and Marcus Mariota. This guy is behind these guys. So since week 12 last year or last season when uh, – you know, the Rams had their bye in the 11 games since including the playoffs. Jared Goff has yet to top 20 fancy points in those 11 games. Not good. But I think this is the week he finally breaks out, has that Tampa Bay defense that, you know, first-time starter um, Daniel Jones just went off against. You know, Jared Goff has all the weapons in the world there, so I think this is finally the week that Jared Goff gets clicking, that Rams offense starts looking like the, you know, the Rams offense, you know, midway through the season last year and, you know, puts up a ton of fancy points this week. All right, and sticking to hopeful breakout performances. I did tweet this a few days ago, but none other than my boy Miles Sanders against the Packers tomorrow night. The Packers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, and Sanders is actually, he hasn't even hit under 10 carries per game. So he is actually double-digit carries every game, and they find themselves targeting Sanders a lot more, especially last week. They targeted him downfield, probably at least 20 yards downfield quite a bit with all those pass catchers being injured. And I would expect the Eagles to try to run the ball a lot more against the Packers. The Packers are actually one of the top teams defending the pass, and they're one of the worst teams defending the run. Whether that's by design or not, that's really not the point. We don't care about that. We just care about getting those fantasy points. But I think they're going to try to establish the run a lot more and then kind of open up those, you know, those for those receivers, you know, hopefully we have some less drops out Sean Aguilar. And uh, <laughs> it's really going to open up for for Miles Sanders. I'm personally starting in this week in our Dynasty League, and I think it's going to pay off. Yeah, uh, I believe Miles Sanders this week. You know, last, did, wasn't it last week when he had that impressive sideline catch, you know, 25 yep. yards down, down the field? That was, that, was, that was great to see out of a running back. But my running back this week is Chris Carson. Uh, you know, this is kind of dependent on if Rashad Penny is a go with that hamstring injury. But if he's not out, Pete Carroll has stated that despite the fumbling issues where Chris Carson has averaged one per game, uh, they, they still have trust in Carson. He's a very talented running back. He proved that last year. He just can't hold on the ball. So they're playing the Arizona Cardinals this week. It's in Arizona. Um, you know, the, the Seattle Seattle loves to run the ball. They want to run the ball. It was just Chris Carson can't hold on to the ball. So if we're without Penny this week, you know, they're going to try to establish a run. And if, if Carson can hold on the ball, um, they're going to keep they're going to keep giving it to him. And I think this week he, he finally gets together and doesn't put the ball on the ground oh chris carson man he is he's so scary he's he's in the best situation on any team but if, if he fumbles that ball one more time he's he's done <laughs> yeah it sucks because be. we all spoke so highly of him and i have him in my league of course but uh so my uh third and final player i'm gonna give out is uh another player from tomorrow but he's on the other side of the ball in the packers valdez scantling who is seems to be uh, Aaron Rodgers' second wide receiver option bes- behind Devontae Adams, who's also going to have a huge gain tomorrow, unfortunately. The Eagles have given up the 
Second most, I want to say a second most, sorry, the fourth most, my uh, my notes actually just deleted on accident, so that's <laughs> going off the top of my head right here, the fourth most yard or uh, fantasy points to wide receivers, um, that secondary has been atrocious, and for as long as Aaron Rodgers has been the starting quarterback for the Packers, the wide receiver two that he's had has averaged over 14 fantasy points per game. So I think uh, about that Scanlon kind of opens himself up instead of it being Allison and Scanlon can really find himself, you know, if you're getting 14 points from a, from a receiver each week, that's wide receiver two territory on your, on your lineup. It's something you definitely want on your, on your team, but I still have three more people here. I'm going to run through these guys quick. My wide receiver is Sterling Shepard. We talked about the Giants and, you know, that game with, with Washington. Uh, it's time they finally unleash Shepard. You know, he was out the first week getting his, you know, getting his, his bearings straight. Now he's got Danny Jones slinging the ball, who's fresh off a 300-plus yard game last week. And uh, I think it's going to be a great situation there in New York for Shepard. My tight end is Delaney Walker. Over the last three weeks, he's seen 21 targets to seven targets per game, if you can do some simple math there. Has a great matchup in the Atlanta Falcons, but that team is, you know, whatever. What, what's happening with that team? Why is it like that? Um, their defense is bad. Their offense can't get going. So it's a great matchup there for, uh, you know, the tight end uh, of Tennessee. And finally, my defense to start. I talked about this in my streamable defense of the week, which you guys can find on WeKnowFantasy.com if you're looking for a streamable defense. There's three listed there for you, all owned in less than 30, or 20% of the of leagues at the time I wrote it, they're definitely owned uh, more now after the uh, you know waiver wire period, and uh, we're late in the day here Wednesday. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they're 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 uh, a great defense to own. Uh, the last two weeks, they've averaged over 11 points per game, I believe, and the Bengals have given up a ton of points to opposing defenses. It's going to be a a pretty bad game there in Pittsburgh, I feel, between the Steelers and uh, the Bengals. So if you're looking for a defense, plug in Pittsburgh. So uh, that's it for this week. Unless the fro has any last minute tips, advice, or anything of that nature for you people. Well, the only thing is less trades, more waiver wire ads, and you'll be happy in the long run. There you go. There you go. Don't jump ship. So, um, again, fro, where do the people find you on social media? You can find me as always on Twitter at fantasy fro. And again, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. Can be found on Twitter and Instagram at We Know Fantasy. Remember, Monday around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Waiver Wire Wishlist podcast will drop. And for additional fantasy football content, advice, things of that nature, visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some great articles and advice from our team of contributors. So uh, until next time, we'll see you guys. Peace.